Hello, running fans, and welcome to part one of Big D's Friday Olympic podcast on the Big D podcast. Before I bring in today's really special guest, please subscribe, like, comment, share this the Spunky Spectrum Sports YouTube page. I've got another Olympic podcast tonight at six o'clock, so uh, please be there to see it. So uh, if you know me, you know I'm a huge running fan. I've I probably have spent too much, if not way too much time, watching all these track and field events. Uh, I've, I've paid attention more to the Olympic trials than any other sport the past couple of weeks. So over the past couple of weeks, many countries, including the U.S., Great Britain, Canada, have hosted Olympic trials. And uh, luckily for me, I've got the uh, – I've got Great Britain – champion in the women's 400 meter hurdles joining me today jessica uh, jess turner jess uh congrats on making the olympic team and uh how do you feel right now thank you um still over the moon even though the race the trials were like was like last weekend i'm still um still just really emotional and just yeah i'm still on cloud nine so i don't think that's gonna <laughs> that's gonna end anytime soon that's fine we'll come off the won't won't come off your face even when you leave for tokyo right <laughs> yeah <laughs> no it's just super exciting and um yeah i mean to to be in the olympics has been my dream since i was a kid i, I started athletics since i was eight, ten years old. So to finally get here is just a um, big dream come true, really, for me. Do you remember any of your, you remember your first running adventures? Yeah, so um, I started athletics um, since I was like eight, eight, ten years old. And I've got an older sister who also uh, was a very talented runner. So me being the younger sister, I wanted to follow in her footsteps and just do everything that she did. So when she joined our local athletics club, I I went ahead and joined as well. And um, I remember doing cross countries and sports halls, um, you know, when we were little and li just literally doing every competition that we could. Like my parents would take us all around the country to do competitions for our club. And um, like once upon a time, I was quite a good cross country runner. But as the age groups get um, older, the distances get longer. So um, it started with the 2K, 3K. And then when it started to get to the 5, the 10K, I was like, oh, I can't do that. It's far too far for me. Um, but yeah, I remember um, doing my first 400 hurdles um, at the club and I remember how rubbish I was at it, but I really enjoyed it and I kept training hard for it and um, yeah, just moving up the competition ranks and everything. So yeah, it's sort of crazy to think that I'm actually going to the Olympics for the 400 hurdles and like I've come so far and yeah, it's yeah, insane. Well, so uh, was your sister your big role model? Did you have another one you closely followed? Yeah, I think when I was younger, um, my sister, she, I just wanted to do everything that she did. She was really good um, 800 meter runner and cross country runner. So naturally I just wanted to copy her. So I tried to do cross country and 800 meters. And um, yeah, like 
I think I think because being a younger sister, I just wanted to do everything that she did. And um, and then once I got a little bit older and starting to, you know, watch athletics on TV, watch all the Olympics and stuff and starting to see athletes compete at the, you know, at the highest level, it was like, oh, wow, like just so in awe of them. And it was like, oh, I really want to do that one day. So, um, yeah. <laughs> So, what was your first 400 meter event? My very first 400 hurdles. Oh gosh, um, I think I was 16, 15, and I remember, um, I can't remember where it was, but uh, the first race I did, I got the national qualifying time for what we have is English schools, and um, so like all the schools in the country compete together and um, and um, basically it, it was sort of like at that age, that was like the big event of the year on the calendar for us. And um, so my first race, I got the qualifying time for that. So I was like, oh, wow, like I, it must have been like 62 seconds or something like that. And um, And my coach back at the time was like, I think we found your event, Jess. I was like, okay. <laughs> so um, that's, what I, that's what I started to do. But I wanted to be a heptathlete when I was younger. So I trained for all the events, but I just couldn't throw. That was just my weakness. Um, couldn't throw the javelin or the shot. Um, but I learned how to sprint, hurdle and run. So that's quite a good combination for the four hurdles. <laughs> I'm just saying because heptathlete would be... The 100 hurdles, 200, long, long jump, 800, shot put, javelin, and then what's the other one? High jump or pole vault? High jump. Oh, I was yeah. just thinking, you could, have, you could have done five of those events or like, or like could have been like the mini heptathlon. Mm, I tried, I really tried, but... Um, I just lost all my points on the throws and then I gained them back on the 800, but I wasn't going to make it. <laughs> so um, speaking of the 400 meter hurdles, is the 400 meter hurdle race itself more physically or mentally exhausting? Because when I think of sprint races, you've got the toughest one by far. I definitely picked like the, yeah, the toughest event, I think in the entire athletics events, but it's it's a combination of both. I think mentally, it is it is really tough. Like even to sprint four hundred meters for me, I've got ten hurdles to to hurdle. So you've got to think about your stride pattern, the rhythm, um, what happens if you take a hurdle wrong, or what happens if you clip a hurdle. It's like you can't just stop and just be like, oh, I've I've messed up. I've I've, I've finished. Like no, you're like you gotta keep going. So it takes so many races to finally find like your rhythm and everything. But physically, um, the training that we do is so so tough. Um, it's probably one of the worst like training <laughs> sessions we do for the four hurdles um, in the winter. Uh, but, could you um, describe some of that training? So. Um, our famous sessions is uh, what we call progressive 300. So we start off by running the 300 at a relatively quick pace. And every rep we do afterwards, it has to be quicker. 
and the last rep you've just got to run flat out like the fastest you can you can run and that's always a brutal one because at the end of the last one you're always at the side of the track like I'm gonna throw up in a minute <laughs> and um just like loads of um what we have like fartlek sessions so uh, they take like 40 minutes just continuous running uh sprints and um things like that but yeah it is brutal but it works <laughs> yeah i'm just i'm just thinking uh of all the uh, sprints you do how many laps would you do um i literally we could we could end up doing about 10 laps in a session <laughs> yeah who said yeah the race is easy the training is anything but i definitely agree with that like the training is brutal and it's so hard but when you get to racing it's only one one lap around the track um so you do all your hard work in the winter and then you come out in the summer and race it should feel easier than the actual training um yeah yeah so one of the first times you were actually at a the uh, world stage was the under 23 world championships where you got a silver medal in the 400 hurdles yeah you that was european championships yeah oh, european championships yeah yeah that was um yeah that so that was my first international medal um i remember that race so vividly um i was I was put in lane nine. So I was completely running blind the entire race. Um, so I just remember like, I've just got to run like as fast as I can. And um, yeah, I remember crossing the line. I was like, I've got a medal, my first international medal. It was so special. And uh, doing the lap of honor with the, with the Union Jack flag, that was always really special. My parents were there as well. So yeah, they got to experience that with me. So yeah, that was, that's a race I'll always remember. Who says lane nine's a disadvantage? I mean, Wade Van Eaton <laughs> set the world record in what lane eight in the 2016 Rio Olympics? Well, after that race, lane nine, lane eight is my favorite lane. <laughs> Definitely, because like, you can just focus on yourself. You don't get distracted by anyone else because you'll only see them until you come around the top bend or in the home straight. And the four hurdles is predominantly your race, your stride pattern. Um, so yeah, I'd say it's my favorite lane now. <laughs> so two so two years later, you actually made it to the World Championships in Doha. And uh, yeah. one thing I remember about that was, holy cow, it was unbearably hot, even for October. <laughs> it was, yeah. So we went to Dubai for the holding camp and that was, humid I never experienced humid and heat so intense in my life so you you just walk out the air-conditioned hotel and you'd be soaking with sweat already you're just like oh how am I gonna run in this but luckily in Doha the stadium was air-conditioned so it was much more bearable than outside of the stadium it was like 42 degrees like all day every day yeah that was very hot <laughs> Yeah, that yeah. Thankfully for Doha's air conditioning, otherwise everybody would have been frying. Yeah, yeah. Even, yeah it so, was still it was still warm in the stadium, but um, yeah, I don't think I could have 
Yeah, running 42 degree heat. <laughs> uh, speaking of heat, is uh, heat good for sprinters? Because everybody says heat's not great for long di- for middle long distance athletes, but does it help sprinters? Yeah, we definitely like the heat more than um, more than the cold. That's why um, our, us British athletes go abroad to compete because it's far too cold to compete in the UK. Um, so we definitely like the heat better. Yeah. Yeah, you remember that? I'm trying to think that Diamond League and Gateshead or whatever it was, when it was like unbearably cold, rainy. Yeah. It was like a fun for you, fun for a British athlete, but not for the sprinters from Jamaica and America, right? Yeah, I mean that was so funny because um, everyone in that race or in that competition was just moaning about the weather, and we were like. This is Britain. This is what we what we train and race in. Um, but yeah, that was such windy conditions. It was freezing. I was just so glad to get back inside and get my kit on. <laughs> yeah. So you made the semis in the um, four four hundred meter hurdles, and then you were part of the uh, Great Britain squad, finishing fourth in the four by four. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Uh... What's so how how special was it to compete at the world stage? It was um, yeah, just a um, a big honor to to compete at the the highest competition just below the Olympics, so it's the world. Um, yeah, I was more I was just absolutely thrilled, and to get to the semi final, world semi final in my hurdles, that was just like wow, like amazing you know work so hard and it's starting to pay off and then getting to run in the relay as well and getting so close to getting that medal in the final but um no I think that massively kick-started my um career into getting to where I am today so yeah and so speaking of career now if you look at how well this year has gone I mean before the Olympic trials last week you were you were PB was 50, 5477 in Belgium. You ran a 5479 at the uh, Fluence Diamond League. So going into the uh, Olympic, into Great Britain's Olympic trials, uh, were you thinking I've got a chance to make the Olympic team? Yeah, I mean, when I first ran my 54 in Belgium, it was a massive shock because when I crossed the line, looked at the time, I was like, that's a massive PB. But then I was like, that's the Olympic qualifying. Like, I was like, oh my God. And then I ran it again and again. So I was just like, I know I'm in great shape. So I was like, right, I've got a really good chance of getting on the Olympic team. But obviously trials was the competition to really do well in because if you mess trials up, you're not going. So that was the most nerve wracking competition, most nerve wracking final I've ever been in um so I'm just extremely relieved and happy to have won the trials and secure my place on the team so yeah yeah and going into that race a lot of people thought uh Jesse Knight would have been a favorite but uh I guess they picked but uh but uh I guess they forgot somebody forgot about you right yeah, I mean, people always forget about me. I don't know why, but um, <laughs> no, like, you know, it's sort of like if you want something so much, you'll, you know, you'll work really, really hard for it, which is what I did. So I wanted to win that, that final. So I won it. 
Yeah, you yeah you won the four hundred meter hurdles in fifty four point eight three. So, what were your emotions of making the Olympics and representing your country, and now representing your country? I mean, when I crossed the line, I was it was pure relief that I felt because I was so nervous going into that race and just finishing that race. I was like, oh, thank God that's over. But then it was emotion, just so emotional that I, I 100% booked my spot on the plane. So, you know, the, the pictures that they took of me across the line, I was literally bawling my eyes out because I was just so happy that I, that I made the team and, you know, that spot was definitely mine. Like no one could take that away from me. So um, it was such a, an amazing feeling. And um, yeah, to say that, I'm going to be an Olympian is just um, a dream come true. And the fact that my parents were there as well. So they were at the finishing line when I um, crossed the line and they were waving at me and I was, I was just like ran to them, gave them a massive hug. They were bawling their eyes out and made me cry. <laughs> so um, yeah, it just means the world to me. Yeah. And so speaking, speaking of your event, the 400 meter hurdles, it sure seems like everybody is quickening the tempo. I mean, uh, <laughs> American installed Sydney McLaughlin set the women's world record 5190. Uh, how about last night in uh, Oslo, Colston Wilhelm broke Kevin Young's, what was it, 20, like 29 year old world record yeah. in 4670. And yeah. then Holland's young stall. Femke Ball broke the Dutch national record in 53-33. Mm, I know. This year's 400 hurdles is is incredible. I mean, um, watching Sydney's um, world record, it's, like, I just love the way she, she runs and she hurdles. It's just so flawless. And, like, yeah, she's she's an incredible athlete. Um, and Femke, she's, she's such a lovely person. Um such a great athlete as well and yeah I mean I just can't believe I feel like the event for the Olympics is going to be 400 hurdles that's the event that everyone's going to want to watch um so it's such a great thing to see yeah I'm just saying I'm just saying book to book not just one night but two nights <laughs> for both finals because I think we want to see something special yeah maybe definitely. twice yeah I mean, I feel like Sydney could break the world record again, and then Carsten could could break it. If not, if not, if not, maybe Rob Benjamin because he came close to breaking the world record in Eugene. Oh gosh, yeah, yeah. I know it's. I'm I'm a bit I'm a bit way off um, from Sydney, but uh, <laughs> I'll try and get there. Just just thinking it. So um, speaking of the Olympics, uh, unfortunately, as you know, it seems like every day a new athlete is suspended or won't participate in due to doping, well routes violations. So as we find found out with American superstar Shakira Richardson, uh, uh, recreation uh, marijuana, so. Are you concerned that everyone's competing fairly on a, and, on, and at an even playing field? Yeah, it's it's always something that's going to cross your mind when when the news article comes out that someone's taken something and they've 
received a ban and they're not going to the Olympics for this event and like it does play on your mind and you sort of it sort of makes you angry it's like why can't people just just not you know not do this you know let's just play the sport that we love fairly um but it it, it happens unfortunately um but with the testing that's been carrying out all over the world especially here is so you know vigorous that um yeah they will catch whoever whoever decides to dope or whatever so we've we're putting our trust in that system um but we just got to make sure that we you know don't take anything stay clean um and make the sport as fair as we can yeah because uh not not in the 400 meter hurdles, but the reigning 400 meter world champ salary Nasser won't be competing through the what three or four whereabouts failures. Yeah, yeah, there was um, something about that in 2019, I believe. Um, yeah, it's just one of those things that you just <laughs> you just can't really do, you know, do or say anything about it. It's just. You know, you need to you need to follow the rules. Um, if you don't um, submit your whereabouts, then you know that's it. Yeah, thinking back to that 2019 400 meter world championship final, I'm like, how in the heck is Sally Nasser running that fast when that was her fifth race in a week against the most versatile track and field runner of the past five six years in Shawnee Miller Wave, and I'm like something's fishy yeah well, something's fishy yeah 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 it is yeah but i don't know <laughs> so uh now the fun part now when you get to tokyo what will uh, this unlike most olympics will your family and friends will be there will this be a unique olympics because it because it'll basically be just yourself there, I'm guessing? Yeah, so, I mean, I've got nothing really to compare it to. I mean, I've been to Commonwealth Games, which is like a similar setup where you're in a village and you're with other sports as well as your own team. Um, but in terms of the Olympics, like, yes, like, I understand that it's not going to be the same as it used to be. Um, but I'm just extremely grateful that the Olympics is still going ahead, even though we're still in the pandemic. Um, so I'm massively grateful that, you know, we've got a chance to actually go and compete at the Olympics. Um, it is going to be very different as to, we're going to be very restricted. So we're, we have to stay in our own bubbles. We can't go out of the village. So we can't go and explore Tokyo, which would have been amazing, but obviously we've got to stick with the rules um which is fine like and we don't want to put ourselves at risk at you know catching covid that's the worst thing that could happen that you get there you catch covid and you can't run so um the, the rules are there to definitely you know help us like support us and help us not to um get trapped in that but um yeah, like I'm still super excited to go and all my teammates, all my mates are going like um, in the team, who are in the team. So I think it'll be good. It's just a shame that 
um, no spectators can go. So my parents would have been on the first plane there <laughs> to, to watch me, but they'll be watching on TV and cheering me through the screen. So, yeah. Do you know what time? Do you know exactly how the track and field events will be broadcast? Will they be broadcast in the morning in the UK or will it be like the night? Because what time Tokyo, what time Tokyo wise time will be, the, will the track and field events be taking place? I don't actually know. We've not really had this information yet, but I believe, I think Tokyo is seven hours ahead behind. I'm not sure. I think it's seven, but I think they're competing um, the track and field in their evening time. So that might be um, like the UK's morning or um, mid midday time. So um, yeah, I'm not not quite sure about that. <laughs> yeah, tea t yeah. Can I book a tea time appointment for the for the 400 meter hurdles? Yeah. So uh, so. Uh, Couple other questions. One, do you have any goals for the Olympics? I mean, um, I think I'd love to make the Olympic final. I mean, that would just to to say, yeah, Olympic finalist. That would be uh, absolutely amazing. Um, to run a, a, another PB and another quick time. I think I, I think I can do that. I think that's doable. Um, so I think they are good goals, realistic goals as well. Um, as well as being in the 4x4 relay team, um, I believe that the girls can get a medal in, in the 4x4. So, yeah, I think the depth in the women's 400 for Great Britain is so good this year. Um, I think we've got a really good chance of getting away, coming home with a medal. So, fingers crossed. <laughs> Yeah, and so how will you train differently for Tokyo season humidity compared to a normal race in the UK? Yeah, so I hear it's pretty hot in Tokyo, so it's going to be very different to uh, training here where it's a little bit chilly. But um, I think, yeah, I mean, the whole team, um, British Athletics, all the coaches and medical staff are going to be there. They're going to be there to support us. So um, I think it's just training um, for the race and it's just like getting sharp again, just doing some quick hurdles, some quick sprints, staying injury free. I think that's the, the number one priority is just to stay injury free um, leading up to the, to the actual game. So yeah, it's exciting. <laughs> yeah, I can't wait. It's only what, uh, a, month, a month away from... Yeah. Do we have some opening ceremonies and a month from when the track and field starts? Yeah, I know. I'm like, it's it's almost like coming up really quickly. I'm just like, ah, we're not even there yet. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, I can't get over this. I'm like, my adrenaline is still flowing with all these crazy meets in Eugene. I'm like, a month from now, it's going to be Olympic time. I'm like, somebody's going to win a gold medal in a month. Yeah. Yeah, I know, I know. So exciting. Yeah, I can't wait. So, uh, good luck representing Great Britain in the 400 meter hurdles and 4x4, and we'll be cheering you around the world. Oh, thank you so much. <laughs> Thanks for hopping on, Jess. Thanks. <laughs>